You are listening to Unknown Unknowns, a podcast about consciousness, constructs, and contradictions. We are your hosts, Ashwini and Nitya. It's a bright, sunny day, and I'm feeling really relaxed. How are you feeling today, Ashwini? Wobble up a dub dub. Ah, uh, this is for all of you Rikan Mori fans out there. Imagine a brilliant neuroscientist named Mary. She has lived in a black and white room all her life. She only reads black and white books and her screens only display black and white. But even though she has never seen color, she is an expert in color vision and knows everything ever discovered about its physics and biology. She knows how colors create patterns of neural activity that correspond to the millions of colors most humans can distinguish. Now imagine that one day Mary's black and white screen malfunctions and an apple appears in color. For the first time she can experience something that she's known about for years. Does she learn anything new? Is there anything about perceiving color that wasn't captured in her knowledge? Frank Jackson, the one who proposed this thought experiment, argued that if Mary already knew about the physical facts about color and experiencing color, does this experience still teach her something new? This thought experiment describes what philosophers call the knowledge argument. It states that there are non-physical properties to the world around us that cannot be measured by anything except our conscious experience. These subjective experiences have properties called qualia. And these are the ones that accurately describe or measure the experience but cannot be quantified. And this qualia is unique to the person who is experiencing them. Like suppose you're having an itch or you're being in love or you're seeing a color. How do you describe these in words? It's very difficult. It's subjective to each person and that experience is unique to their own. Think about it. How would you actually describe color to a blind person who has never seen color before? It's almost impossible because of the subjective experience. Like what we experience is what gives us meaning to the color when we think of colors we usually think of them in pairs so let's say black and white or red and green so we always contrast these colors in our minds and they represent a duality in the way we see colors and the way we see the world around us so what i have noticed is that uh, even in color theory wherever i've read it says that complementary colors which are like the opposite colors on the color wheel they are the ones which are usually used to represent dualities so again black and white you can think of them that way or you can think of let's say blue and orange when blue can represent something cool and orange can represent something warm so again like two different ways of thinking so this binary mode of thinking is something that's wired in humans in every situation that we have we always tend to think of it as good versus bad this versus that we always think of the world in binaries and i think color perception also in some way is that i also think that uh, like we are talking about binaries right so is there a possibility that this binary can be uh, two shades of a dif- of the same color example can we think about pink and red or pink and magenta like they are somewhat the similar shade of color right so do they also be counted as binaries or do we count them as uh, just complementary colors or supplementary colors i think duality can be in terms of any color but when i'm saying duality here i mean duality of thought and the way we think of the world in opposites like 
one thing should be the opposite of another and that's why I told complementary which is like the opposite side of the color wheel in that way I meant okay if I take the example of why I feel uh, pink and red can be a duality is pink always I think of it as a more milder color or a more uh, subtle color while red is something that I will use in if at all I want to show like power or dominance or uh, so that the thought process behind these two colors for me is quite different so would you consider this also a duality yes i think uh, the point that you're saying uh, like agrees with the underlying point that i said which says that humans inherently think in binaries like even you are separating colors to be mild versus intense everything that we do in life we are thinking of it in two parts only and that is sometimes problematic and the best example of that is black versus white there are many people who like black but in general when we think of black it is considered to be the color of evil whereas white is considered to be the color of purity and divine sometimes so you think of that contrast we put the same contrast to sometimes the racial divisions in our society and think of how many people are getting affected by that for generations this is the dominant narrative that's been driven to so many people and it's caused so many problems and that this is the binary thought that i'm talking about like everything that we see in the world including colors is in duality again we are seeing life as good versus bad or like uh, happy times versus sad times we are always looking at ups and downs so there is no middle ground that we usually associate with any human experience we all want to reach to that gray area and find nuance in our human experience but we rarely do that yeah so we tend to not see anything in a spectrum rather than two polar opposites and when we assign a meaning to a certain color uh, be it in racial terms or in Uh, just color terms uh, the meaning that we assign to that color we don't uh, believe that that meaning can be for the other color also so i think that is where the problem lies and that is how we've been brought up all our lives so that is what we think is the inherent rule of the society that there is a good and a bad and it's not possible that they interact and maybe there is a gray area for the next segment what i would like you all to do is to think of a rose just imagine a rose now this rose for most people i am assuming is going to be red but there will also be people who imagined a white rose or uh, a black rose or a pink rose or a yellow rose there are so many different roses so the first color that comes into your head tells a lot about you personally this color can be a result of either your situation or your experience or what you see on a day to day basis for most people uh, or from where i am if you think about a rose the most common color is a red rose and if okay if you think about another person in another country where uh, there is a rose garden where there is so many different color of roses there that person's favorite color of rose is what is going to come into their head it doesn't necessarily have to be red even when we think of colors each of the color that we like or each of the colors that we perceive we always have a default for it so let's say blue you think of a blue in your head it can be the royal blue the navy blue it can be the sky blue it can be any blue so likewise these defaults represent the things that are common in your life maybe that's the color that you see every day while walking out of your house maybe that's your favorite color of the shirt so maybe 
that's the color that most often appears in your life so there's this concept called availability heuristic from psychology which says that the more you see something the more easier it is for you to retrieve that object in memory so same way if you are seeing sky blue every day and you are noticing that so when i say blue you will tend to think of sky blue for the next segment what i would like you all to do is to think of a rose just imagine a rose now this rose for most people i am assuming is going to be red but there will also be people who imagined a white rose or uh, a black rose or a pink rose or a yellow rose there are so many different roses so for me personally when i see a person wearing a certain shade of color or a certain tone of color if they are similar in the way i would dress up then i would think that i am more compatible with them or i would think that i am more similar to them so i would be a little more open in uh, addressing my points or putting out my views in front of them an example comes to my head where on the first day of college when i entered the classroom uh, there was a girl wearing blue and white it was a contrast not a contrast it was a combination of blue and white kurta and for me personally blue is a is a, one of my favorite colors because of that uh, any other person wearing a blue color also for me seems uh, very similar to my views so i was little open in i was little comfortable not open i would say but i was more comfortable sitting with that person and even if the even if we didn't talk i i thought we were at a place where we both were comfortable and after a few minutes or something another girl walks in with blue and uh, orange uh, combination so over here although there was a blue combination although there was a blue color in the kurta uh, that orange gave me the idea of maybe that person is not very similar to me because in my color palette i would not uh, choose blue and orange because of that i thought that okay maybe her views are slightly different than mine so what immediately came into my mind was that okay maybe this person is a little more open little more uh, assertive or dominant so uh, there is uh, so i was thinking of maybe there is no possibility of us uh, being able to sit comfortably like i sat with the first girl so i think that says a lot about how much how much we think of color and how much we think of it on a daily basis like it every single thing that we do can be associated with color it it goes the same for even hair color like if uh, now if you see indians uh, we all have slightly darker shade color like maybe dark brown or it's usually in the brown category and it's not really blonde or uh, red or anything so if in that way if i see or uh, most of the time if there is someone with a really funky color or a really different color from what we have been used to seeing that itself can cause uh, some kind of uh, change in the way we perceive that person if there is a person with no added color like uh, how do you say it? if they have not colored their hair then you think that person is more like natural so you think of like okay i don't mind approaching this person but if you think of another person who has uh, changed a lot of their color like maybe into highlights or uh, dip dye and uh, really like fluorescent colors or really bright colors uh, you think of them as rebels or uh, you think of them as those who want to like stand out okay i think 
when you talk about compatibility between people the first thing is similarity right like how how do you connect with people on basis or on grounds of similarity so that can either be in terms of your outlook towards something your opinion on something anything like that so there's any grounds for similarity and initially when you meet a person you cannot find out their opinions on certain things you cannot already know what is their outlook on life but color as you said might act as a shorthand for that like you try to infer a lot about that person based on the color that they have worn which might just be arbitrary but in your head you have made that association and that i think you know says a lot about how people think in generally like how people associate uh, certain colors with being deviant in society or certain colors with being you know like warm and approachable in that way so even if you look at this from a broader societal trend we can associate that with how we again form divisions between who is similar to us and who is not similar to us and again you are categorizing them as oh this person is more like minded so therefore i might connect with this person more maybe the other person is not very like like not on the same level so maybe not so again you are forming these groups right from the day one like unconsciously all of us are geared to be that way we are all humans and we always look to form tribes of our own and that is where even these colors can act as shorthands to like form these groups yeah so if you think about it it's like a first impression basis like that color is what is creating that first impression in you and if that impression is similar to what you are as a person yeah there's this uh, effect called halo effect in psychology which is like really close to this uh, first impression and the effect it has on people so it says that if you notice one good characteristic about a person good in your own subjective definition so you think wearing blue means oh you both are like minded so that can be one characteristic that sticks out to you in your mind so that characteristic becomes a basis to judge that person as a good person so then you tend to excuse all their flaws away and you just tend to focus on you being similar to them and therefore you know letting that friendship grow so in that way uh, you're just looking at people and like all of us we are all looking at people and judging people like maybe based on these first few impressions and what stands out to us subjectively and what makes an impression on us so if it is let's say as you said a color that you dislike and you really don't connect with maybe you won't make that effort to go and speak to that person maybe you both connect in an ideological level you might never know that because the first impression never clicked with you and that's like the basis of so many of our social interactions and how we sift through people and choose who to speak to and all things like those things play a big role in that color also plays a very important role in this setting that we are in so uh, right now i'm sitting in a room which is almost completely white and every time i sit in the room i do feel the sense of uh, like openness or uh, it's it's more of a clarity when i sit in this room against uh, say once i went to a room uh, which was purple in color like it was almost everything was purple the decorations were purple and everything when i was in that room i did feel a little like suffocated or i would say uh, it the room was overpowering and the room did feel uh, very small to me and it felt like it was clamming in on me so i think in that way also color plays a huge role 
Yeah, actually, that's like a big trend that even now I'm noticing where uh, white walls and blank walls with just a few artwork here and there, that becomes this uh, minimalist trope of having this uh, architecture. And again, all of this color and lighting plays a different uh, like effect on your mood as well. And there was another thing which usually people associate violet with royalty. So uh, again, like it's all subjective associations about these colors and what these colors mean to you. So personally, when I'm looking at my house, my house is really colorful. Okay, like if you come, you will see a lot of colorful walls. Like they are really saturated colors. They are not these pastel colors of houses that I usually see. When I go to other houses, I always see, okay, white walls or pastel colors. In my house, it's like orange or green. Like it's really there out there. And that's because my grandfather who built this house, he really liked to like show the vibrancy of the house through the color. And that was his subjective association about the house. So what they felt was that the happiness that they had, that they have this house is being shown through the intensity of the saturation of the color. Again, like it really depends on what kind of personal associations you have with those colors and what, how you you know, decipher the meaning of them in day-to-day -day life. When I'm talking about decor in general also, uh, when you look at a kid's room and an adult's room, they usually tell this uh, thing where in a kid's room it has to be more colorful, give them space to like paint or like uh, put their thoughts into the room. So in that way, it's more of a stimulating color, like you're giving them the option of choosing any color but if you look at an adult's room it's usually monochromatic and it's more in terms of elegance or more in terms of a single color or two shades of color that's it it can be that for a child they have still not yet formed their personality so you're giving them the option to uh, choose from whatever they see around them and that is why i think stimulation is more important but for an adult if you see the room has to be a place where it has to uh, make them feel relaxed or make them uh, like forget about all the tensions or stress so maybe in that way if it is too stimulating then it will again uh, be stressful for them which is why they go for a more uh, monochromatic look for an adult's room yeah actually that makes sense you know like when you think of color of the wall and there are things on that and the things around that right if you want to bring attention to the wall itself then you will have more saturated colors and colors which are bright and usually those found in kids rooms but when you want to bring attention to the objects that are there nearby or on the wall so maybe that time you'll have a more muted background so as to highlight the objects that are there in the room that makes sense Let's say you're driving your car and a red light suddenly flashes. What do you do? You immediately stop, right? You intuitively understand that red means stop. And when the color changes to green, what do you do? You go. So who made these associations that red is stop and green is go? Do we ever stop to think about why these color associations came about in the first place? So that's what we're going to be discussing now. Uh, in the 1840s, the railway constructors they had to find a way to signal to the trains to stop or to go. So what they did was to have this system of signaling where white meant go, green meant caution and red meant stop. This method of signaling proved to be really dangerous because white light can be signaled by almost everyone. Everyone who has a torchlight or candlelight or any light which is 
looking like a white light from a far distance so trains used to just run past their barriers even if they weren't supposed to do so so therefore the railway constructors by 1914 realized that this is a big problem and they had to change the signaling system so what they did was to take the two available colors to them which is red and green and keep them as stop and for go so green from being a signal for caution turned into a signal for go and the color which is the most contrasting to both of these which is yellow was put as the color for caution and that is why from 1914 we have this signaling system where red means stop yellow means caution and green means go and the same signaling system was adopted by the automotive industry as well when we had roads and highways so that is why this system was carried over from one country to the other when england conquered all of us green naturally means growth right even from an evolutionary sense when you think about it plants grow and therefore plants which are green and the things that we see that are green around us we assume them to mean growth and that is why even now green means go and it means a sense of progression in life so we asked on social media what you feel the color green represents to you or what it means to you the most common response was nature like considering that is what we see on a day to day basis and uh, another response was peace or love or it is a more calming color or that it was humble and down to earth or it meant life or growth and uh, there were also things associated with cleanliness or elegance or solidarity but some of the negative responses that we received for this color was in terms of jealousy or they felt sickness or envy when they think about green so even for me uh, green i think personally means fertility it's majorly because uh, when i saw moana the film tafiti was completely green and that somehow represented fertility for me but if i look at green in a negative sense i think uh, green means evil so i've always had this contradiction that uh, green and blue are two contradictory colors and i've always liked blue so which is why i always thought green was evil color and this also strengthened when i watched maleficent and you know her powers turn green when she is doing something evil so that is why i also associate green with uh, evilness yeah it is very interesting to know that even when you think of nature let's say these are very simple things right and all of us associate these things with green it's very interesting to note that all of these descriptions were very picturesque in the sense if you say nature it's not just nature they describe it as evergreen or scenic or the mountains that they have seen in their daily life so these colors hold a very like personal significance to people and the memories that are associated with that so even when you say growth people spoke about how growth is away from darkness and they see darkness maybe as a darker color maybe black and green is a way forward so in that way people are associating this color to moving on in life as a whole and they are seeing colors as a metaphor for a lot of things in life so that is very interesting When you think of red the first thing that we think of is stop or it's a dangerous situation and you shouldn't enter and that's precisely because red is associated with blood and blood in an evolutionary sense means danger right blood is supposed to be inside our body when you see it outside it means there's danger for yourself and for your tribe so therefore red means danger and that's why we have been associating that color with that emotion and another totally contrasting thing is that red means love so whenever you say 
a child to represent love they take a red crayon and they draw a heart and that's the only way people represent love for ages and ages and why do we associate red with love like when red can mean danger it also means love it seems very contradictory at first but we can think of red as representing all the primal forces in our life like any force that is to do with passion and that is to do with your like human connection in some way whether that be safety or love and belongingness so all of this can be related back to red and maybe red can be seen both as the cupid and the devil okay so when i think about yellow the first thing that comes into my mind is the sun but i also think of it in terms of being a very powerful force that drives a lot of things on earth but at the same time it doesn't show its power and that is how i feel yellow is the color in itself is a very submissive power it doesn't actually come out there but it does have a say in what we do and it it does have that power on people i also feel that yellow is very susceptible to getting polluted or adulterated very fast and uh, only when it's purified and it leaves all that dirt behind is when it becomes a bright color and has a power but otherwise in general i feel yellow is very susceptible to damage or adulteration yeah the best example for that is a sketch pen like if you use yellow sketch pen all of us will know how if you bring it close to any other color it will get damaged and you cannot use that yellow sketch pen without having the shade of another color within it it's it gets spoiled really quickly and that's the only sketch pen which does that so i personally have this memory of how you know yellow can be adulterated really fast i relate to that some of the responses that we got were sunlight or brightness that is associated with yellow and most people also said that yellow is like a happy color for them yellow can be considered to be a happy color maybe because it's the opposite of cold so let's say you're living in these winter regions right like where it's cold for throughout the year and we get sunshine very rarely so all of the people over there yearn for sunshine and every little bit of it counts so in that way when yellow represents sun and sunshine so when you get that you feel happy so maybe in that way we are relating happiness to sunshine and therefore to yellow so in that way warmth and yellow go well together and it means happiness and some of the other responses that we got were that yellow means clarity it means freshness and it also means energy so maybe it drives people to do things and the best example that i could think of for this was pikachu okay pikachu and the electrical energy of pikachu is what drove me to do a lot of things in childhood i was a very big fan of pokemon and seeing pikachu made me excited and i used to jump around everywhere so i relate to that as well and yellow also means caution uh, we see all these danger signs also written in yellow the signboards along the road so maybe that that's why they are saying yellow means caution or the tape around a crime scene so maybe that can also mean caution so yellow can be in these small places but thrown all around our environment where it catches our eye because it's a really contrasting color as we discussed and even emojis as well so like how it plays a big role in all of our lives so the next color that we're going to be speaking about is 
black and white the most common responses that we got were in terms of like we said the duality and most people represented black as being darkness and white as being light another common response that we got was in terms of yin and yang and about how they represent the night sky with black and daylight with white so another response that we got was that black was intimidating sophisticated it it represented luxury or confidence and strength while white is more of an innocent or pure color which is for new beginnings another uh, duality that we saw in black and white was that black represented fear while white represented hope i find comfort in black because it is like a safe color to always choose like any dress or any t-shirt that i'm wearing black is always like the safest color not many people give much thought when they are wearing black and uh, uh, another reason why i feel black is a comfort color is because i feel because it is dark it doesn't really judge the person in that particular context so uh, you can do anything in a dark setting right like whatever you do is not completely visible so that's why you find comfort in it and you're able to express yourself completely in black uh, when it comes to white uh, i get it a lot of people say that white is a pure color and white is a very divine color but for me uh, because almost everyone thinks that way i feel white is a uh, it's like an arrogant color for me because white uh, it's given this divine status right so that status in itself i think makes it too powerful than what it actually is uh which is why i feel like it also gets dirtied very fast like if you look at white it does get dirtied very fast and it is like we have given the status of purity to white and even if it is getting dirtied what we sometimes forget is that the uh, color in itself can become adulterated or accumulate all that in itself so it can become it, that property but because it is white we don't uh give thought to it and we think that no it's white it cannot become dirty even if it looks dirty on the inside it's pure that is what we tend to assume that is why i feel white is a privileged color okay that's an interesting thought for me uh black when you think of black that is a color i used to rebel with because at home almost nobody likes black and whenever anyone says good about black they tend to like not agree with that and associate a lot of personality characteristics with that color so therefore i use that color to rebel against a lot of points that my uh, family says in some ways so for me black represents that element of being a rebel of being a deviant in a in a way not completely but in a way there can be differing associations to these colors and this is just what we feel okay so the next color that we're going to be talking about is blue and the most common response for blue was that it represents sadness so blue also represented sky in most of our responses uh, one person also said that uh, because it is so vast the sky is so vast blue as a color is one which holds secrets and some also said that because it is so vast it is more open minded and ready to accept information so blue also represented freedom and being calm and composed and it also represented royalty and loyalty it also represented divinity to some people because of the association with the hindu god krishna and shiva we commonly associate blue with sadness or feeling melancholic and we also have this phrase right like i'm feeling blue or monday blues like these are commonly associated together because there might be an evolutionary reason for it so let's say you are beaten up 
and that time when you look at your body you might have a lot of bruises and your body might be blue because of the blood blood vessel contraction so that might bring about this association between a uh, feeling blue and also feeling pain or sadness so that might be one reason then the second reason why they're associated maybe because of the tears and how tears are also like water and how we associated water with blue so therefore we associate pain with blue or being sad with blue and the third reason could also be again related to the winter months as i said before and how the cold and the loneliness that comes with it can also give you a sense of melancholy and make you feel sad and lonely blue is also associated with calmness so when you think about it uh, research also shows that blue or seeing the color blue physically calms your body down so that might be a good thing if you want to relax you might be looking at a scenery which has a lot of uh, blue color in it maybe you are in an ocean facing room so in that way it's a good thing but when that calmness goes too far maybe that becomes a point of depression or sadness so in that way seeing blue can also be associated with sadness and calmness and all of these feelings are reinforcing each other for you to feel really low even more blue for me doesn't associate with sadness at all because it is one of the colors that i really like so because of that my narrative of blue is quite different from what everybody everybody else says where i feel blue represents a certain kind of power and like if you see a uh, navy blue or dark blue and uh, most uh, uniforms also of uh, either schools or even in the army that blue is a sense of power so for me personally blue uh, indicates that power and that ability to take care of uh, or be responsible as such Another place where color really affects us emotionally is through photos. So when you're ruffling through your old photo albums and you're looking at these pictures, most of these pictures are taken with film cameras, right? Like that's the cameras we used to have and all of them had a certain look to it. And we all know this look, right? The photos were slightly bright, the whites were really, you know, kind of overexposed in some way, and we also had muted colors and usually a warm tone to all of these pictures. And this is how I remember all of my pictures and my parents' pictures and usually the pictures of memories. And this brings a lot of joy to all of us when we are looking back through these photos. And a lot of us are trying to recreate that same look when we are trying to edit our current photos that we take with smartphones. And this has become some sort of a trend where you're trying to get the same look in order to evoke those feelings. And I think photography as a whole when you think about it, colors do play a major role in that way where you're directing the eye of the viewer to certain points in the image or about the whole look in some way to like evoke a sense of feeling in them so nostalgia can be one part of it so second can be in terms of like the modern or the techno aesthetic where you are having neon lights and you're trying to light let's say a product photography you're keeping the object in the middle of the frame and you're trying to light it in a certain way to show that it's related to the modern era so you're trying to mute all the colors in the background or put put all of them in the shadows where you're bringing focus to the object in the center so in that way how you shape color not only like in your images but like in the way you look at the world will shape the emotions that you are feeling at that point of time and i relate to this personally because i really like 
to edit photos and that's the only way i think about color seriously because otherwise i do not notice color in daily life like and try to draw significances but when i'm editing i really tap into this sort of emotion and how do i draw the attention of the viewer in some way so that can be one part of it yeah when you talk about like photography for me highly saturated pictures are not very appealing and i tend to go for darker shade pictures and anything that has to do with shadows like make me more attracted to the picture even while editing pictures like i don't edit very like professionally edit pictures but when i'm posting on instagram or something like that and i'm trying to edit the pictures i usually try tend to make most of my pictures uh, darker and i tend to add a uh, vignette somehow uh, that feature is something that i really like and any picture with that kind of a feature uh, i tend to like better a lot of us even if we don't edit pictures as such we all apply filters right like that is uh, available on default whether it's whatsapp or instagram before you post pictures you always have filters so when you take a closer look at these filters you will notice that all of them have different properties so if you want to try this you can try this at home okay this is just an example so take a blank picture whether it can be a white white in color or black in color and then apply these filters to these colors and see what effect does the filter bring to that image then you will notice what colors are they trying to you know uh, give focus to and what do they remove from the picture so then you will know uh, what kind of an emotion does it evoke so in that way uh, whether it be nostalgia or anger or fear it can be all of these emotions that they're trying to evoke through these filters so the next time you apply one of them just try taking a second look at that and see why you are clicking on that and why that filter is appealing to you in some way so relating to that is one more phenomena which i noticed which is the beauty mode on cameras right so most of us uh, in india we are not racially white per se right so when we open our selfie cameras the cameras are not designed for us the software algorithms that design them and that that are used to model them are not necessarily based on a racially diverse set so what happens is that there is this uh, what to say they apply a filter on top of your skin which brightens your skin smoothens out your uh, freckles maybe or in some way tries to correct for what it thinks is wrong so in that way beauty modes try to like highlight stuff that you don't want them to be highlighted it's very uh, opposite to what you consider natural so in that way it creates this uh, ideal sense of beauty within people and to associate being white with being beautiful so that can be a political statement but it is true right even for brands like fair and lovely which now changed their brand name to glow and lovely which i don't think is much of a change but you know there's a start i appreciate that but all of these uh, media and the cameras that we have are reinforcing the fact that there's something wrong with us and we need to change that in some way even artificially through filters so that is why i'm asking all of you to like take a closer look at these filters and try to understand what they do so we see color on a day to day basis in the things that are around us in ourselves and the feeling and emotion that each color uh, evokes in us and there are so many different associations we give to these colors but the most important thing right now is to stop and think why 
now that we know that all of these colors evoke a certain sense of feeling or emotion within us we also know that brands take advantage of this and we have iconic colors associated with brands and we cannot separate the brand from the color for example coca cola we always associate that red with that brand and wherever in a big store shelf we see red we know that's coke so in that way the identity of the brand also plays a big role So if you've been listening to us so far thank you so much for uh, joining us and listening to us lately i've been listening to a lot of pratik kohat songs and uh, these songs have been uh, helping me to relax much better and uh, make me more composed and calm so the, uh, the link for the same will be in the show notes so for this week uh, i want to recommend an article which i read which is about lighting people of color for photographies and that i think is a really good resource for all of us to understand that lighting uh racially diverse people is very important and we should consider every element of it even if we are taking photos with a smartphone and that is where i think that article uh really puts across that uh, message really well so i will link that in the show notes as well you can follow us or subscribe to the podcast on spotify google podcast apple podcast youtube and other platforms you can also give us your feedback on our website and all of them will be linked in the show notes